so too, I think, is the audible approach, the audio branding approach, right? You've got to think about it just like you're thinking about your visual identity. It becomes a tapestry of communication that creates more, more authenticity and reflecting your core brand values, reflecting the differentiation and the uniqueness with which you want to portray yourself in the market. And it helps you engage in those kinds of conversations. So I would think of it as something to immediately in this modern day, uh, think about it up front. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my interview with Ed Farley. Settle in, because this will be a mouthful. My next guest is an executive marketing consultant with over 25 years of global marketing, brand management, creative development, and sports and entertainment marketing experience, and an extensive background in building premium brands across world regions and within multiple cultures. He recently served as vice president, brand and creative at Edelman Financial Engines, where he led brand strategy and creative services for a leading national independent financial advisory firm. He has managed brand identity and digital marketing for United Way Worldwide and has also worked with Humana in their corporate brand marketing, advertising, creative development, and sponsorship management. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about this marketing and advertising stuff. <laughs> he has degrees from Michigan State, Harvard Business School, and Northwestern University. He's lectured on global brand management and marketing to audiences at all sorts of major universities. And to top it all off, he's fluent in Portuguese. His name is Edward Farley, and I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I do really appreciate your taking the time. I know you're busy. <laughs> of course, it's, it's my pleasure. I absolutely love branding, and I love the idea of audio branding. And it's so, uh, it's so you know, the, what's happening now is, is, is just a revolution in audio branding and in branding in general. So it's, it's a fun topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I'm a little biased. <laughs> uh, so continuing from that line of discussion, how did you become interested in all this? I know you have a really extensive background in this whole advertising marketing thing. So what intrigued you about it to begin with? Well, that's a great question. You know, marketing now today has become uh, very, it's very different than, than what it used to be in a sense that uh, there's nothing more important now than brand strategy as it pertains to the customer experience. Mm -hmm. So as a marketer, you wake up every day and you think about customers, you think about consumers, and you think about the, ex the experience that they have with your product. And as technology and sort of customer experience, consumer experience has evolved, uh, the audio, the multi-sensory experience becomes very, very important. And for a while, we know that the data shows that video consumption is on the rise, streaming video and uh, other ways in which we can connect with our customers and our consumers through media. But 
this idea of audio and audible branding becomes every bit the part of a critical way to connect with customers and consumers on their own time and at their own pace. Mm -hmm. so it's very, very important. If you really appreciate and love things, all things branding, then you should love another way or another opportunity to connect at an emotional level with your, uh, with your customers or your, or your consumers. So what's your background in all this? I mean, oh, how did you start? <laughs> it, you know, my interest in, my career is a little bit different. It's been kind of non-traditional, uh, five different industries. And I've had the chance to work with companies ranging from uh, beer companies to healthcare insurance, to nonprofit, the nonprofit world, and then finally financial services. And so my interest in all of this is that you know, some of the principles of developing great brand strategy and connective experiences with your customers and your consumers are very, they translate very, very well across industries. The core principles of doing that, even as marketing has evolved. And at the end of the day, it's really about understanding the industry and understanding what motivates people to be able to want to be involved in your products and services and your the things that you're selling, the things that you're promoting relative to where they are and meeting them where they are becomes very, very important. So it's been very, this journey of mine has been very interesting in a sense that you have a great opportunity to get to know people through the lens of different products, through the lens of different services and offerings. And you get to know different segments of people. You get to know young people, people in their middle ages and actually sort of seniors. And, and it's, it's just been fascinating to see how, you know, folks tend to kind of interact with you and, and, and be a customer and be a consumer in all these different ways. So how have you convinced major companies that audio is actually important? <laughs> I mean, I, I would gather, is that a, a new development now or is it something that you've been trying to tell them for a long time? Well, it's been around for quite some time. Um, I would, I would, one of the earliest success stories, I would think relative to the value of audible branding would be the, the Intel, uh, product. Definitely. So when you think about Intel, the bongs, if you will, that created in, in 1994, mm -hmm. uh, as part of the Intel inside campaign that really was sort of a five note mnemonic, um, ba -ba -ba -ba, you know, so you've got this wonderful piece of audio mnemonic that gets people to a place where uh, it becomes a reliable interpretation of a seal of quality. So you, you, you have it translated to all these different products that are competing against each other, yet they get the opportunity to brand themselves through the lens of all these different products from all these different companies. And it become a, a great way to uh, Intel, I think was very, it was just revolutionary mm -hmm. and it became a way to drive recognition and trust, uh, and it could be associated, sort of like as I said, a guarantee of uh, a guarantee of product trust, a guarantee of product reliability. So, what kind of things do you advise your clients to do when it comes to audio? Um, obviously, I mean, Intel's brand is, uh, and the way that they did this was that they got other people to advertise almost for them. So it was almost like, uh, you know, word of mouth is more trustworthy than actually paying someone to advertise. 
right? Because they just got themselves into everyone else's advertising. <laughs> and the audio was a really quick way to do that. So do you have any particular, um, like maybe a case study or something that you've worked with a particular client of yours where you advised them on their audio offerings? So, um, yeah, I, as far as having a client, I think maybe a better example would be thinking about in terms of I worked with uh, one of the largest healthcare insurance companies uh, called Humana. Mm -hmm. Humana at the time needed a complete brand repositioning. And what that required was really going back to the core value proposition for the organization and looking at how we were going to reposition and reintroduce ourselves to the American public uh, very differently than they had been communicating their identity in the past. So what had they been doing previously? Previously, they were, think about them as kind of a an insurance company that spoke to their prospects through the lens of a product called Medicare. Okay. They had a very robust kind of senior audience. And one of the top Medicare uh, private insurance companies, you know, in the world. I mean, a very, very strong company still are in that space, but they were building and buying and creating and developing new capabilities and new competencies to then deliver themselves as integrated care deliverers. So they were building a pharmacy experience, more commercial business, uh, senior care. Uh, they were working with hospitals. They were hiring more physicians. They were really expanding their capabilities, which required a new brand strategy. And with a new brand strategy, you go back and you develop uh, sort of a way to bring that into some sort of discipline so that you're acting consistently through the lens of your new brand strategy. So what that meant was, what is the new role? What is the new personality? Mm -hmm. What kind of decision and tools do you use to filter the way that you message people in the market? Do you have a brand story that's emotionally compelling? And then how do you build advertising around that? How do you build a coherent, consistent marketing campaign that is uh, different than maybe what you've done in the past? And it should reflect the core values of the organization. So with that came a requirement to not only update our visual identity and our tone of voice and our personality and our messaging and the way that we express the words that we use to communicate with people, but also that tone of voice and that personality needed to come through through the music and the audible experience that our customers then would take in, whether it was uh, someone on the phone, uh, the call center, or a piece of music that accompanied uh, those call centers, or perhaps even a piece of advertising that we would put out both digitally or, or over the air. So mm -hmm. think about it that way. So I, we sat down with an ad agency and we began to sort of characterize and dimensionalize our brand strategy through those things. What is our role? What is our story? How, how do we perceive our tone of voice and personality to be more authentic and genuine and uh, easy to navigate and sort of a bit more organic is where we landed. So we had to develop music and a tone of voice that mirrored those types of characteristics. And it's very, very important because you would do that very differently with a different organization that might have different types of values. Ours was, again, 
how do we become more approachable? How do we become more friendly and helpful? Mm-hmm. And so those, those kinds of things helped dimensionalize or helped us filter our choices for music, which then gave sort of an, an emotional vibe to the brand. It would sort of balance the identity of the brand and help us connect more with our audience's emotions. I'll give you another example. Um, in contrast to that, when you think of McDonald's, right, you think of their ba-da-ba-ba-ba, right? Sure. So that's fun and friendly and exciting. And so that's a great way for McDonald's to connect and communicate regularly and consistently that spirit of playful fun. Um, my, one of my favorites now is, um, and I'm just obsessed with this, but because I love this guy's voice, <laughs> more of a verbal is Arby's. Oh, okay. We have the meats. And he kind of says, we have the meats. Uh A personal favorite, that deep, rich, masculine baritone that almost makes you immediately feel like Arby's is going to fill you up. Sure. It's a fine kind of a kind of a it leaves you feeling very satisfied. So those are the kinds of examples that I wanted to sort of bring through to identify what how you're translating a brand's values and their brand DNA into real practice. And. It, you know, it takes a little bit of iteration and, and, and lots of brains in the room, but ultimately you get there, you test it, you make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Now you've mentioned brand DNA. Can you define that a little bit for me? <laughs> yeah. When I think about brand DNA, I think about if a brand were a human being, right? Mm-hmm. You generally, what wakes you up in the morning and compels you? What's driving you to be a changing force in the world? And I sound that that all sounds very grand. But at the end of the day, if you don't think about a product or a service offering that way, there's really no hope for you to connect with people and their emotions, which is a really important aspect of communicating, right? Because people generally process information through emotions and through rational choices, but it first comes through the back of the brain emotion. And so DNA is just a, a fancy way of describing sort of what makes you tick and what emotionally compels you to solve a problem in the world, which then translates to the way in which you react and act to customers and consumers and message and the types of things that you say and how you say it. So your tone of voice and your personality come through very loud and clear. Uh, Harkening back to those examples at McDonald's and Arby's and and Humana, right? Mm -hmm. Different people have different DNA and so do different brands. So think of it as a, uh, the inside uh, sort of identity to the way that you connect with people and their emotions before you can sell them on a uh, a product or the performance of your product. Very good point. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always thought that sound particularly is the quickest way to our emotions. It's, it's kind of built into our DNA. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so big part of branding. Um, when do you think a company should start thinking of this in their marketing strategy? Yeah, I think today they need to think about it when they are assembling their strategy. So I'll put it to you this way. Any, any good company should have, any good product should have in and of itself a brand identity, right? Mm-hmm. Or a product identity, if you will, if it happens to be a line extension to a brand, in which case you find some very good consistency between the brand and the product. Uh, so, you know, we talked a little bit about 
the architecture of a brand strategy, right? You have your positioning, the role you play, the personality, the filter or the lens of a brand that helps you make decisions about what's the right type of messaging or how to generate the right level of conversation in the marketplace, a, a story that's emotionally compelling, and then a, a sort of a, an architecture across all of your different customers and consumers who require a slightly different approach to how you message a brand. And when you think about what then becomes important to create the kind of trust and consistency that comes from a brand and, and helps people establish that very trust and consistency that you want, you think about the tools of the trade. And part of it is, am I visually compelling? Am I creating a color palette and a typography and an iconography that reflects the type of DNA or soul of the brand so that you appear to be who you say you are and or when you're having conversations, you have you know, very authentic conversations. So too, I think is the audible approach the audio branding approach, right? You've got to think about it just like you're thinking about your visual identity. It becomes a tapestry of communication that creates a more, more authenticity and reflecting your core brand values, reflecting the differentiation and the uniqueness with which you want to portray yourself in the market. And it helps you engage in those kinds of conversations. So I would think of it as something to immediately in this modern day, uh, think about it up front. Think about it as you are developing your visual identity and your messaging tracks across your consumers. Think about how you would want to, because, you know, look, at the end of the day, not only we talked a little bit about music and ambient sound and environmental, mm -hmm. but there's a whole nother area called, you know, voice connected devices that are, we all are becoming very connected to, right? No pun intended, we're talking to Alexa every day. Mm -hmm. And then Alexa is going to be further improved through artificial intelligence, through AI. And Amazon is, is on the forefront of this with some of the work that they're doing with Amazon Polly and brand voice and neural text-to-speech that they're developing. But you've then got to think about how you are going to translate your brand to uh, those types of tools, those types of conversational opportunities and transactional opportunities to buy and sell and convince and create you know, new customers through all this wonderful voice connected device, you know, modern way of, of, of conducting commerce in the world today. And so, you know, ultimately, I think what you're going to find is you're not going to hear one voice, you're going to hear multiple voices. You're going to hear uh, perhaps the voice that you want your customers or consumers to hear as, a as it relates to your own brand versus a singular voice today. Uh, you know, Alexa's going to sound maybe hundreds of different ways that pertain to your own brand. And it's going to be as critical and as important and a real opportunity for marketers to, to create affinity with consumers. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. 
Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.